Hey, everybody. Uh, Dylan here. This is the Atlas Obscura podcast, uh, a guide to the world's hidden and unusual wonders. And today we're going to talk about a different kind of wonder. Uh, because sometimes when you're out, when you're on a camping trip or you're hiking in the woods or even just uh, in a park in the city, you will come across an animal. Sometimes it is a creature in need. Sometimes it is just some surprising animal that seems really out of place. I had this happen to me on a beach in California recently. I was walking down the beach and suddenly I saw one of my favorite wild animals being cuddled by some lady. It was sitting there on her shoulder with its long pink tail hanging down. It had its little God, just hideous, like so hideous, it's cute face staring out. She was holding an opossum. Unexpected to see a possum here. Not what I was expecting to find at a kite festival. This opossum's name was Mr. Beans um, because that is what his unmentionables looked like. They look like garbanzo beans. So that was so, his name, Mr. Beans. I was like, that's a perfect name oh, that's for That's awesome. And I was totally delighted. This opossum was was domesticated. It was trained. They brought it around to schools. Uh, but I just had never seen one this close. I'd never held one before. And opossums are such weird creatures. They're the only North American marsupial. They're essentially immune to snake bites and rabies and all kinds of poisons. Uh, they make this sound. <laughs> oh, man. Mr. Beans is probably the only opossum I'll ever get to hold. And boy, did I love it. What a creature. And that is what today's episode is all about. We asked our staff to share their memorable encounters with animals. We are going to hear about Rufus the chicken, about subtropical parakeets in surprising places, and a discovery on the beach. Not, not my opossum, something else. That is all coming up after this. If you're looking for a place where the wide open skies and the towering mountains inspire you to find an untapped part of yourself. You might want to take a trip to Wyoming. It's a place where bold, curious spirits forge their own way on all types of adventures. There is no shortage of iconic, expansive landscapes out there. You can discover breathtaking hikes, stunning state parks, authentic Western culture, and other historic sites, along with the tales of famous outlaws like Butch Cassidy and pioneers like Buffalo Bill Cody. The truth lies West. Discover yours at TravelWyoming.com. Summer, the best time of year, usually doesn't come with a great deal. Soaring temperatures come with soaring prices. But what if there's another way? With IKEA, your summer plans can last longer than two weeks of vacation and be more affordable. Here, everyone can have lounge chair access, no reservations needed. From affordable outdoor furniture to stylish accessories, we have all the essentials you need to soak up summer in style, no matter the size of your space. Start planning a better summer with IKEA. It's your outdoor dreams inside your budget. Hi, my name is Brandon Mahaley, and I am the audience development coordinator here at Atlas Obscura. 
So to set the scene, I'm probably early high school. This is probably 10th grade, 9th grade. And I get off of the bus. It's a hot summer afternoon. And I throw my stuff down from school. And I'm like ready to go play with the chickens in the backyard because that's what you do when you own chickens. I wander out to the backyard. And sure enough, there's this like, there's this thing hiding in the corner of the fence. You know, there are vines crawling up the fence and it's almost hidden, but my dogs, I had let my dogs out and they were just pointing at it. They were they were barking, whatever. And I'm just like, what the hell is in this, this corner of the fence? And so I go over and sure enough, there's this little tiny, I mean like really young rooster and the entire back half of it had been plucked. I mean, like the, like from midsection down, uh, completely bare and lots of blood and scabs and everything. And I'm just like, what the hell happened to this thing? And sure enough, I look behind me and right over the fence, there's this bloodhound that had lived next door who was barking and happened to have like feathers hanging out of its mouth. So I guess Rufus... I hadn't named him at the time, but Rufus had climbed over the fence to get away from this bloodhound. And the bloodhound had attacked it and pulled out all of its feathers from the back end. And so I bring it into the garage and I don't call my parents about this because I know that if I call them, they're gonna try to find a new home for it and everything. So I'm hiding this rooster in the garage. And I give it water. We have chicken food already because we own, I think, 16 chickens at the time. They were all hens because, you know, we didn't want to deal with chicks or anything. And so I hide this rooster. You know, I feed it, give it water, whatever, name him Rufus and give him a bath, you know, wipe him down. He's super friendly, though. I think he recognized at the time that I was only trying to help him. My sisters get home right after me. They see this rooster and they're like, oh my God, yes, we're keeping it. I love him. My parents got home. They were shocked. And, um, you know, at the end of the day, they had a heart of gold too. And we wonder where we got it from. And so my parents let me keep this rooster. And it lived in our backyard with with the hens. And... um, He ended up growing back all of his feathers, but he never grew bigger than what he was. So I think the trauma of losing his feathers had like stunted its growth (laughs) and it stayed small forever. And so Rufus was just this small little tiny rooster, but he was like a shoulder rooster. You could pick him up. He would let you pet him, touch him, whatever. And uh, yeah, my sisters and I brought him inside all the time. We would like cook dinner with him just perched on our shoulders and he was like this little house rooster essentially and it was like the funniest thing we would let our friends come over and play with him he was so cool with it and so yeah really cool rooster rest in peace rufus but that's the time i rescued a rooster
Okay, so we're parakeet hunting in Astoria Park. You'll hear the boats in the distance, children screaming at the playground, cars on the, the bridge that's right next to us, and lots of birds, but no parakeets so far. Hi, I'm Nikki, and I design trips for Atlas Obscura. In my neighborhood in New York City of Astoria in Queens, we have wild parakeets. <laughs> and it's pretty amazing every time you come upon them. They're just in the neighborhood. They have these huge nests um, near the Amtrak train that goes through the neighborhood. Um, it's a raised train and they have these big power lines. So they build these big communal nests on those power lines because it's warm in the winter. And they just kind of hang around the neighborhood. So, you know, you'll be walking down the street and hear all the city sounds, cars and trains in the distance and people and honking. And you'll hear birds because we have a lot of green space in our neighborhood. We're right on the water. We have a huge park. Um, so you'll hear a little tweeting mixed in with the city sounds. And then all of a sudden, you'll just hear like, squawk, squawk, squawk. It's very, very distinct squawking. And you'll look around and you'll see these beautiful, like bright green with white little hoods and breasts, um, birds flapping around. And these are monk parakeets. There are a lot of rumors as to how they got to New York City. There's a few different squads of them, but they kind of came and they don't normally belong here and they're quite a sight to see. And it just feels a little bit magical whenever you turn a corner and you see them kind of playing around in a tree or flying through the park. Um, so every time I see them, it's kind of like, I don't know, this, this moment and you kind of stop and you watch the birds, which isn't something you normally do in a city. So they're definitely um, one of my favorite animal encounters. And I'm very lucky to encounter them all the time. Hi, it's Erin. I'm the Senior Director of Sales Marketing here at Atlas Obscura. My wild animal encounter was about two years ago walking on the beach on Cape Cod Bay. I was with my family, with my little kids, and you know, entertaining kids on the beach um, is fun going for long walks and seeing what you can find, whether it's seashells or little creatures and animals. We had stumbled upon something that looked like a very large piece of driftwood that was really buried in the sand. Um, and curious about this, we started to sort of try to dig it up and kept revealing more and more of this driftwood and realizing, okay, this isn't coming out. This is very large. Is this, do trees grow on the beach? Like what is going on here? We started with our hand just kind of like scraping away sand into what started to appear like sort of a figure. And a woman walking her dog came up because this was off season, so it wasn't very crowded. And she explained that that was a beached whale that had been stranded, a uh, pilot whale to be specific. And it was one of a few. So further down the beach, we could see those remains as well. So here we are with my kids sort of digging up driftwood and realizing these are actually old whale bones. Um, not that old. I mean, they were, you know, it was relatively recent. Um, I had, my reaction was just like, oh my God, you know, we're touching like decaying 
whale parts here. <laughs> and then that sort of horror transformed to just awe. Where I was just like, this, this thing is huge. I mean, this circle of life here is just amazing. The kids were just so curious and had so many questions. And we, of course, didn't continue to dig or anything. We just kind of stood there and observed and had a really amazing conversation about nature and the circle of life and um, perhaps how climate change is also affecting how animals are navigating the waters and, and getting stuck in the bay. Um, so again, something that forever has changed the way that I view ocean life and just walking on the beach. We want to hear all about your animal encounters. If you've got a good story, give us a call at 315-992-7902. Leave us a message telling us your name and about what happened when you crossed paths with this animal. Was it in the wild? Uh, Where were you? What made the encounter really memorable? If it's the kind of story you tell at a bar or you share with uh, strangers, we would love to hear it. The number is 315-992-7902. And our mailbox, uh, it'll cut you off after about two minutes. So just give us a call back if you get disconnected and have more to say. You can also leave us a voice memo of any length at hello at atlasobscura.com. You can just record it on your phone and send it as an attachment on an email to hello at atlasobscura.com. We cannot wait to hear your stories. See you next time. Our podcast is a co-production of Atlas Obscura and Stitcher Studios. This episode was produced by Chris Naka. The production team includes Dylan Thuris, Doug Baldinger, Camille Stanley, Manolo Morales, Baudelaire, Gabby Gladney. Our technical director is Casey Holford. This episode was mixed by Luce Fleming. And our theme and end credit music is by Sam Tyndall. I'm Dylan Thuris, wishing you all the wonder in the world. I will see you next time. The world isn't wide enough for those with an insatiable desire for discovery. The all-new 2024 Lincoln Nautilus Hybrid SUV offers the power and freedom to explore further and deeper than ever before. Intuitive, smart features ensure that you're always connected to the road ahead. Inside, a thoughtfully designed cabin immerses you in a universe that is all your own. The larger-than-life panoramic display spans the entire width of the cabin. It's customizable and interactive. Drivers can even personalize their backgrounds with a series of nature-inspired themes. This vehicle signals the arrival of an exciting new chapter for Lincoln. Discover more about the 2024 Lincoln Nautilus at Lincoln.com. A lot can happen between falling in love with a house online and owning it. Between imagining living there breathing in your new home for the first time. Having an advocate who can help you navigate the complex world of financing, inspections, negotiating, analyzing the market, and talking through any anxieties that may pop up, that can make all the difference. That's what the expertise of a Realtor can do for you. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors and bound by a code of ethics. Because that's who we are.